Hey guys, welcome. I am uh, recording here on 4th of July for all of you guys in the U.S. A happy Independence Day, 244 years old and really uh, the whole concept of this uh, nation of freedom governed by itself is uh, an experiment in itself and I, I for one am very thankful and uh, blessed to be a part of this nation. And I was talking, we're staying at a beautiful resort this weekend and, and uh, with family and some friends over, and I was just thinking about, you know, what it really means to be free. And, and uh, I shared a little bit of this Wednesday night at our fellowship. And, and uh, I think most Christians, unfortunately have no idea how to receive their freedom from any situation. And, and really, there's nothing outside of a man that defiles a man. There's nothing outside of you that constrains you. And uh, uh, really, even the whole concept of, of this country and whatever country you're from. In fact, uh, uh, I just watched a very, very timely um, message on ESPN+. Plus. I was, I was really preparing for, for this, this message I was going to share with you guys tonight about freedom and really how to achieve freedom in every area of your life. And it really comes from within. But... Um, just caught my eye. And some of you guys from South Africa know this story, but it was called the 16th man. And uh, uh, there were some problems, you know, uh, through violence with Nelson Mandela, et cetera. But by the end, after he had served his prison term and, and really how he unified the country, I think that's what we all need to be doing is praying for uh, really a unified country, not an us versus them. And unfortunately, even a lot of Christianity is us versus them. And and it has nothing to do with that. It's always this unity and, and this love. And, you know, Apostle Paul, he talks about in the uh, in the New Testament where he says there's no Jew, there's no Gentile, there's no male, female, meaning that God loves everybody the same as if they're one. And we really are one. We're all one body. And so we're all connected to each other everywhere. And that's really the unity we're going for. So I would just encourage every one of you um, to pray for your country, wherever you are, just to have a, a, the freedom that you have a government that it allows the people to be free. And, uh, uh, and I would even say that is the government, the nations, once you realize the Christ life within you, that Christ is within you and he's giving you the kingdom, which we'll cover a little bit is nothing can hold you back. The whole country could be against you. Um, but there's nothing outside of a man that can, uh, hold a man down. It's what's within a man. And that's why it says, guard your heart and mind with all diligence, because out of it, are the boundaries of Zoe, a boundaries of life, how much life you're going to experience. And so let me just share a couple of concepts with you. Um, just where freedom comes from. So I, you know, some of you guys, if you're struggling financially, obviously your freedom would be abundance. If you're struggling with health, your freedom would be perfect health and divine health. If you're struggling with feeling valuable, and maybe you're, you're going through depression, whatever it is, as your freedom would be to feel loved and to feel valuable and uh, to feel limitless and to feel, uh, gosh, I, I'm so grateful for this life I live. And it all comes from within and because God's designed us in such a beautiful way that what we focus on within has the ability to change everything external, everything without us. And so anyway, the free, the freedom from any situation you're going through comes from within. And unfortunately, most people don't know the location of their God. And so they're, they're often begging, pleading, to some source, to some being, to some power, to some entity outside of themselves. And, uh, uh, and they don't realize the Christ life is within them. The secret of the kingdom of God is that that's been hidden for ages, but is now revealed 
is Christ is within you. And literally we covered that a couple of weeks ago where what is Christ? It's literally the anointed one, the Messiah. And, uh, and it, in the old covenant, it was a prophet, priest, and a king were anointed by God to operate on his behalf. And it was only a select group of people. But then it was just a type and shadow of really good things to come where the anointing is within every man. And so you, as you're listening to this, you uh, are anointed as a prophet, priest, and a king within, and we'll teach you really how to utilize this, to go act on behalf of God. Now, that can be for you. That can be for your nation. That can be for your neighbor. Uh, that can be for your kids. That can be for anybody. We have that ability within us. And so uh, so if we ask, hey, I see a lot of people like I'm seeking God. So if you're seeking God, it has to be within. And so if you have, I have faith in God, what does that mean? So if, if you know that God's within you, the location of God is within you, what does having faith in God mean? And if, if Christ, the secret that's been hidden for ages is Christ is in us. And then he gives us the parable of parables that says, uh, here's the parable of parables. If you don't understand this, you're not going to understand most of my sayings. So this is Jesus, obviously. And he says, what can we liken the kingdom of God to? And he says, we can liken it to soil. Whatever you plant there is going to return. Whether you plant good seeds or bad seeds, it will return. But he says, that's how the kingdom is. And that's the secret, the mystery of the kingdom. But it's all powerful. It's all powerful. The Christ life within you is more powerful than than any situation, any government, anything. So I would just encourage every one of you to not look at external circumstances and go, oh, this is against me, or that's against me. Um, nothing can be against you when he's for you. That's what's really interesting, and he's one with you. So if you say, I have faith in God, what I would encourage you to really start understanding is, I have faith in God. If that secret is within you and the Christ life is within you, what you're really saying to me is, I have faith in the divinity within me. That what I do within, I guarantee you I will see without. That's faith in God, not this external God that's outside of us. That's the crazy mystery. So let me just show you a couple of scriptures to back that up. And then we'll talk about Jacob and Esau. I was sharing a little bit, like I said, Wednesday night. Um, but I'll, I'll go into it a little more detail uh, here in a second. So I just want to show you. Um, so we covered this the other night, too, but... It, says, I, I like this, it says, do not worry, Luke 12, says, but seek his kingdom, and these things will be added to, and he's talking about anything else that you need, so do not be afraid, little flock, because I see a lot of people worrying, whether it's uh, the health things going on, the, the racial tensions, everything going on right now, hey, don't be afraid, little flock, for the Father is pleased to give you the kingdom, and then if we looked at the kingdom, if we, I don't think most Christians have ever even thought about this. So the Father's given us the kingdom. Well, what does that mean? If we look at it, it's the Greek word basilia. And so he goes, I've given you my royal rule and, and reign. He says, don't worry, guys, because I've given you, you and I, everybody watching this, it's the Father's great pleasure to give you his royal rule and reign. Wow, that's be pretty cool. He's given it to us. Now, what does it look like? Where Where do we find it? How does it work? And so... I'm just going to show you one other scripture, then we'll get into uh, Jacob and Esau a little bit and how, how this really all plays in my mind. And we could use as every, every story, every scripture, every, every Old Testament uh, story is really about the same thing, is the struggle between uh, the inner man where Christ's life is and what we see externally. And we think that uh, uh, if we're going to try change some, any change anything in our life, most people focus out here where they try to, to do this better or do that better. And uh, it's by your own efforts. It's by your own 
works. And obviously you guys know the, the kingdom is by grace. It's not by power, but might, but my spirit. Well, where's the spirit? The spirit's in the secret place of the most high. It's within you, the temple of the living God. He dwells in you and he's one with you. And so, so the, and this is really timely too, because people see all, everything going on. Like I said, whether, whether it's the health or racial tensions or national tensions between nations and different things like that. Um, it's the same message. Don't worry. And then, so the Pharisees, the, the religious people, and I see this all the time, you know, with, with what's going on is, Oh no, the four horsemen are loose. Oh, come on guys. Really? God's this beautiful creator. He's only love. All those stories are about something much different. It's about good things to come. So anyway, so when, when the Pharisees, uh, when asked by the Pharisees, when the kingdom of God would come, Jesus replied, the kingdom of God will not come with observable signs, meaning that you can't see it with your flesh, man. You can't see it from without. <clears throat> Nor will people say, look, here it is. There it is. I, you know, I, I, I joke about it, but I've, I've seen um, the, the greatest religious leaders of our time for as long as I've been alive. Uh, the kingdom's very near. He's coming back soon. Um, this is obviously a sign. This world leader is the Antichrist, or that world leader is the Antichrist. Yet they can't read their book very well because it says it's not going to come with anything you can see externally. Look, here it is, or there it is. For you see, the kingdom of God is in your midst. Now, I want to share with this is really interesting if you really dig into this. So he said that it's the Father's great pleasure to give you the Basilia, the Father's good pleasure to give you his royal rule and reign. Now, what does this look like? For you see this kingdom, it's the same Basilia, royal rule and reign of God, Theos. Now, this is where it gets fun. So the kingdom of God is, and that literally is I am. The next word in is you, in your, and then mist is within. So check this out, guys. So here's how this, if we take, if we break down the Greek, here's what it says. The royal rule and reign of God. I am you within. It's how you see yourself within is the life you're going to live without. And that's what he's saying. That it, literally, that's the Greek. The kingdom of God, I am you within. Now that's stunning if you really get that. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So here's the kingdom. What you believe about yourself within is what you're going to experience. So if we can just change what we believe about ourselves within, gosh, that's the salvation to anything we need, like we talked about. If you're struggling financially, guess what Guess what salvation would be to you? It would be abundance, like I said. So how do we do it? It's how you see yourself within. And it's the secret of the kingdom of God. It's the, it's the royal rule and reign of God, that how you see yourself within literally is what you're going to experience without. So uh now, when we get that, when we start to go, hey, Jesus is going, hey, without a parable, I didn't teach. I'm only going to teach you in parables without a parable, I didn't teach. So because this is the parable of parables. So you got to understand this. Here's how the kingdom works. It's like soil. And you get to choose what you plant there. And then he says, uh, that is the Christ life. That is literally the, the creative power that created the whole world is within you. It's Christ life within you. That is the power of God. And so when we look at then all the stories in the Old Testament, Jesus, Paul, the New Testament writers tell us how to interpret it. They talk about, hey, this is something within you. So it doesn't do you any good, in my opinion, to know these Bible verses without understanding the spirit. Because it says the letter kills, but the spirit gives life. So if we just take it literally, I think we're missing the boat. And you guys have heard me say that all the time. Uh, and, you know, the greatest example, obviously, because it literally says it's allegory, is Paul in Galatians 4 talking about Hagar and Sarah. 
And he says, this isn't a story about um, Abraham and uh, Hagar and Sarah and Isaac and Ishmael. This is a story about two covenants and throw out the one covenant. He says, throw out the one given on Mount Sinai. Throw that thing out because that's not how, the, how it works. It's by faith. It's about within, which is the new covenant. So this story about, uh, uh, and a lot of you guys are familiar with it. I'll just show you some of the, how I interpret this, which I think is pretty cool. So I just, I, I just really start to go, all right, Holy Spirit, tell me, tell me what this means, because it's not the letter of it. It's not the actual story. It has to be something that does something to my heart within. And so, and if you don't understand that, I think it'll throw you off because every, everybody's familiar with Paul and Romans saying, Jacob, I loved Esau. I hated. Now, if they take it literally, they get an angry God. And, and now it's a, it's okay to separate for a lot of people by race, by nation, by religion. Hey, they're Muslim and I'm Christian. No, that, that's because they, they take that literally. They think, well, God hates certain people and he hurts certain religions or whatever. So I can do that too, because we literally become like who we, uh, the God that we uh, see or the God that we worship is who we become. So if we think God's divisive, then we're going to be divisive, which I just don't think it's that way at all. So I think it's something totally different. So what is he saying? Jacob, I loved Esau, I hated. Now we get to this story in Genesis 25, 26, 27. It's all through there. But Jacob and Esau. So let's go back and see what this is talking about. So Genesis 25, verse 21. Later, Isaac prayed to the Lord on behalf of his wife because she was barren. Now, if this is something to do within, um, that means we're not experiencing fruit. Because if we're barren, the, the female part of us is, is uh, barren. We're not experiencing fruit. So the Lord heard the prayer and his wife, Rebecca, conceived. So the female part of us is our heart. And what we believe within is submissive. So we get to choose uh, what we plant there. So I, how I read this is Isaac's, Isaac really understands. Um, he's blessing. He goes, you know what? I know that the power of God was, is within me to produce fruit. But the children inside her struggled with each other. And they said, why is this happening to me? So Rebecca went in to acquire the Lord and he declared to her, there are two nations in your womb, two peoples from within you who will be separated. One people will be stronger than the other and the other will serve. The older will serve the younger. Now this is a, all the stories. If you go look at it, it's a 180 degrees to what the Jewish nation thought, because to them, the older brother, the firstborn um, reigns over all the others. He gets the double portion of the inheritance. And uh, that's a whole nother talk, but it says he gave us his only begotten son and we're one with him. So what does that mean? Everybody who's on there. So there's only one begotten son in God's eyes and we're a joint heir with him. So what does that mean to every one of you? You are his only begotten son, every one of you. And you got the double portion. You have the double inheritance. And it's really just, it's understanding scripture. What he's trying to say is all of you are my beloved. All of you are my firstborn. But anyway, he's telling this story saying that, the fleshy man, so he says, uh, there's two nations, there's two children within you, and that's within every one of us, guys. This isn't, like I said, this isn't uh, Hagar, Sarah, a story about Isaac, um, Esau, and Jacob. It's about this, you and I. There's two parts of us. There's a fleshy part, an Esau part, the hairy part, and there's Jacob, the spirit within you. And so there's two nations, there's two people within you. The older will will serve the younger. So meaning this is, He's given us everything that pertains to life and godliness in the spirit. So Jacob's the spiritual part of us, the smooth son, the son that stays within. If you, if you continue to read through Genesis 25, 26, and 27, it says Esau was wild and went without. But Jacob dwelled within the tent. 
So when you, when you understand typology and you, where all these scriptures, re, what they really start to mean, the tabernacle, the tent, uh, guess what? So Jacob's within. Esau's the wild man. You and I, we get out here in the flesh and, and we think this is what controls everything. But Jacob, the inner man, he's, he's stayed within the tent. And so it's pretty interesting. So then, then we get to this story. So he's the hairy man. He's the blood man, which is why he was called Esau. So that's the fleshy part of all of us. But Jacob is the Christ life within us, literally the divinity within us. And we, we have all of that. We have a physical nature and we have a spiritual nature. And it's really this seamless thing. It's, it's, it's this one thing. But what I want you guys to understand is literally the spirit within you, the secret of the kingdom of God, the Christ life within you, makes the outer world serve the inside. That's really what he's trying to share with you here. And so then we see this, uh, if we continue on in the story, um, and I'll just, uh, uh, I'll kind of give you some context just because I didn't want to overwhelm you with too many scriptures, but you can go through it all. So we have the story and it says this. So Isaac is blind, meaning that he's physically blind. He's not looking at the outside world with his physical senses is what, what that really means. So he says, Isaac is blind. Now, this is obviously old covenant, new covenant as well. But really, what does that all mean to you and I? Meaning that the old covenant's blind. It's fading away. There's not much to it. It's going to die because it says Isaac dies. And then, uh, but Jacob carry on, carries on the lineage. It's the spiritual part. But really, what does it mean for you and I? That That's really what I'm trying to get at. And that he blesses the spirit within. What you do within, he blesses, and he cannot take it back, as we'll talk about. So Isaac's blind. He, he's not seen with his physical eyes. And he desires meat. So he has a desire. And every one of you can have desires. Like I said, if you're struggling in some area, the des- you probably have a desire to be out of that struggle. Well, guess what? He gives you the desires of your heart. So I would, I would really encourage you to start thinking of this. Is if he gives you a desire to be free from anything, um, whether, it's, whether it's lack, whether it's health, whether it's lack of joy, whether it's lack of, of relationships, whether it's lack of love, any of those things, he gives you a desire like, oh my gosh, it would feel so great if I was free from that. Now, if we look at Psalm 37, 4 and 5, he says, he will give you a desire. Because a lot of people go, how do you hear God? What, do you have a desire? He placed it there. That is literally the word of God to me. That is God talking to me. So if I know he gives me a desire to do X, and I think every one of you, it's not hard to figure out, guys. We all have natural arrows that kind of point us and like, oh my gosh, I'd love to do that. I'd love to do this with my life. I'd, I'd love to have this kind of relationship. That is the desire of your heart. And he spoke that to you. He's planting that in you and you could take it to the bank that that's God's word to you. So if he's said it to you, it's a done deal. <laughs> so you can go, that is God's word to me. That's God's desire to me because he gave it to me, desire of my heart. So Isaac has this desire. He's, he's hungry for meat is what the story says, but he's hungry for something that he doesn't have, that he perceives he doesn't have. Now, this is what's interesting if we look at this story here. So uh, he, tells, he tells Esau, the wild man, hey, go get me some, some, uh, some meat. So it says Esau leaves the house. All right, so Isaac's lacking food. He's lacking meat in this story. And here's what I, how I interpret all this. He says, send Esau out. Send the physical, the hairy man, the physical part of you, close your eyes to it and send it away. Now, what's really interesting, the inner part of you, the female part of you, Rebecca, the bride, Rebecca says this to Jacob, the spirit within. And so Rebecca says to her son, Jacob, this is uh, Genesis 27, verse six here. Behold, I heard your father say to your brother Esau, 
bring me some game and prepare me tasty dish to eat so that I will bless you in the presence of the Lord before I die. Now this next verse is really pretty interesting to me. Now my son, listen to my voice and do exactly as I tell you. So check this out, guys. So Isaac's hungry. He has a desire. He sends the physical man out. He closes his eyes to it. Rebecca, the female part of us, the bride part of us, says, I heard what you I heard the seed you planted, and I will do exactly what you told me to do. Now that's powerful. That's the submissive part of us. The, that's the Christ life within. That's the heart, the subconscious. That if you plant uh, a corn seed, it's not going to. Oh, you know what? I think he wants this, or God's best for you is to give you wheat. What if you plant corn there? I will do exactly what you want, and give you a corn plant. Now, once you start to get this, guys, is you can literally start to take your eyes off the situation. So, maybe you want to feel important. You have a desire to live well. You have a desire to live very well. You came to give us life and life more abundantly. Um, you have a desire to uh, have a, a fantastic, loving relationships. You have a desire to have um, a family unit where the the kids and the relationship between the kids and the mom and dad are healthy. I'm like, yeah, who wouldn't want that? That's that's really the Christ life. That's the the, the life. All right. So, and then we look at our current situation and it doesn't look like that. So what do we do? We send Esau, the physical part of us away from us. So we don't look, we take our eyes off that because the Christ life, Rebecca and Jacob within us are going to do exactly what we tell it to do and bring it to pass with no effort through his miraculous power is what the whole story is about. If you understand it. And so I, I, I don't need to show you more of those scriptures. So I'm just going to shut that off. So here's how, here's how, here's what you would do to be free from any situation or have freedom in any area of your life. I think it's as simply as this. So the flesh, it's very real. It's loud. It, it, it wants to tell you, this is the truth about you. This is, you'll never make it because this is who you are. Uh, it's hopeless. You, you know, I know what my bank account says. Um, I know what my current relationships look like. I know, I know what my current, uh, my health diagnosis is, hey, send Esau out for a minute. Send him away. Isaac's blind. He's not looking at the current situation. He goes within. And he says this to Jacob, which is the spirit, the internal part of you. He says, uh, you guys all know the story. So Rebecca and Jacob kill some kids from within the father's flock. They don't go out into the wild to try produce it on their own in their own effort. They give the father what he wants from within, which is really interesting. And so he kills the, the, uh, the goat or I forget what it is, how they say it in different translations, but the sacrifice within and he clothes himself with it. And then he goes to his father, Isaac. And he says, Isaac says, uh, you sound like Jacob, but come near to me so I can feel you. Now, here's what's really cool about prayer. True prayer is you go within and you're not praying to something as if it's a long ways away. The beautiful part is you can take the future and make it now. And you can take what you desire as if you're living it right now. In fact, that's how you do it. Feel as if it's real to you right now. So if you were, if you were looking at a, a health situation, you're not praying for God to heal your whatever. You're not coming against something where you're resisting evil um, or, or anything like that. So I'm not praying against uh, 
whatever, you can pick anything. I don't want to pick a certain symptom or disease or anything that people are struggling with. But so I'm not going, Lord, heal my whatever. In fact, stop identifying with that. Stop identifying with that sickness and everything else. Send Esau away, the, the factual reality away for a little bit. And go within and feel how good it feels. Feel the joy of the answered prayer. See yourself totally free. Like, I feel free. Not, I'm free from this disease or free from that or, God, Lord, please heal this. You see yourself how you want it to be and you feel the emotion as if that's true. So, gosh, I feel great. I, I, I can't believe how good I feel. I feel amazing. Or if you're praying for somebody else, I, I, I see my kids exactly how they want to be. I feel so good to have them as part of this, this family unit and we're so close together. Thank you, Father. I see that as real. So you feel it. Come near to me is what, what uh, Isaac says. Make it real right now and feel it. Feel as if it's real is what he says. Now, here's what's really interesting. He blesses that. So the father says, I bless that, meaning that's true. This is how it's going to be. <clears throat> and he's blessed it, and he can't take it back, if you know how the father works. I've given you every spiritual blessing that pertains to life and godliness. Now, we'll open our eyes back to Esau, the, the, the reality, the fleshy world again, because we see in that story that Esau comes back, and he's trying to do it in his own effort. And he comes back and says, I'm deceived. Somebody deceived you because I prayed for my health and I don't see it yet. Or I prayed for my abundance and I don't see it yet. So, but Esau is not where the blessing comes from, guys. It comes from the blessing of what you did inside internally. And here's the father's response. Here's Isaac's response, which is really awesome to me. I blessed what you did in the spirit. I blessed Jacob. I blessed the younger brother. And I cannot take it back. So, what does that mean to you and I? How really how this whole thing works is I think it all has to be wrapped up into the parable of parables and the, the secret of the kingdom of God, the Christ life within. And it really is this is, you know what, take some time to see life how you want it. Exactly how you want it. Make it near to you. Live in it right now. Experience it right now. Feel as if it's real. And speak as if it's real. Thank you, Father, I have this. It's so amazing to feel this good. It's so amazing to have this kind of abundance. It's so amazing to have this kind of freedom. It's so amazing to have this kind of a family. It's so amazing to feel this valuable and loved. Now, you can open your eyes again to the Esau, the, the physical reality, and it seems to lie to you, going, man, it didn't work. And I would just tell you, if you saw it within and felt it, that's where you stay. If you start to come up against, oh, man, I start to feel this again, and I'm just, I don't know, and you're looking at the physical reality, stop that. That's a lying reality. It's, it's, it's deceiving. And so go right back to what you saw and just know this is the father blesses what you do in the spirit. He blesses Jacob and he cannot take it back. And so I just wrote a couple notes here. So when you see a physical reality that seems to, to be different than what, uh, uh, what you just saw within, so that's Esau returning. And you may say the physical reality hasn't appeared to change yet. But tell Esau, tell the physical reality what you've done within. You've seen it within your mind between the cherubim and the father has blessed it. He cannot take it back is what that story says. So I've blessed it in the spiritual. If you've seen the spiritual, if you do that, even when you wake up, you close, you open your eyes and it appears it didn't work. Esau comes back and goes, I'm deceived. No, you're not. That is enough. You can hold on to that. I know what I just saw in the, in the spiritual God blesses it and he cannot take it back. 
because Jacob means the supplanter. So when it says that Jacob will supplant Esau, it literally means this is what you did in the spirit, what you just did between the cherubim, you saw it. And when you ask, believe you have received it, and you have. Because the father saw what you did between the cherubim. He saw what you did with Jacob and he blesses and they cannot take it back. So even when you open your eyes and it appears that the physical is not real or it's lying to you, tell it, no, I saw what it did. The father blessed what I did within and I have what I asked for. And then it's just wait for the inevitable. You will be blessed with what you did in the spiritual. This doesn't fail you. I promise it doesn't fail you. So Hopefully that makes sense, guys. That's really how you get free from anything, any situation, anything. And so uh, uh, just love and appreciate you guys. So tomorrow I will do the 5 o'clock mountain, 7 o'clock Eastern, Mastering the Mindset of Wealth, and then our normal 6 o'clock online fellowship. And then next week, guys, Saturday the 11th, we'll be back live in service for all of you guys in Colorado Springs. So God bless you guys. We'll see some of you tomorrow night.